Failure at 40. Failure at 40. Can you still be fulfilled at 40 without the partner, without the children, the career, or the beautiful home, all in the picture? Failure at 40 interviews, debates, and discusses the reality of turning 40. If I can change one person's perception on something, my purpose on this planet is done. Failure at 40. But success to me has never been just the career. Welcome to Failure at 40. Failure. failure at 40 challenges the notion of failure and redefines what success looks like to you. He says if you haven't reached all of your goals by 40 that you're not a success. Failure at 40 interviews, debates and discusses the reality of turning 40 in Britain. Who are we? I'm Shelley, life coach. And I'm Winnie, the producer. Today's guest is Malika Sani. Malika works as a lawyer in the music industry and she is fast approaching the big 4-0. Welcome to the show and thanks for being our first Welcome, guest. Welcome, Liga. Thank you very much, ladies. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. What did you think 40 would look like to you? Ooh, that's a big question. Um, I think if I rewind back 20 years, and that was when I was just leaving college and going to uni. For me, 40 was um, the house with the gravel um, in the front, the yeah. little fountain. And there was space for two cars, one being the family car and one being the, the selfish car. And there were kids, minimum of two, boy and a girl. Um, and I was married and I was settled in my career and I had, you know, a, a family. And they were, it wasn't like at 40, that family had just begun. At 40, that family was well into it. Six. It's groove. Yeah. You do know what I mean? Yeah. That was the picture at 40. Um, but where did that vision come from? I mean, where was, what kind of got you to that place where you could have this vision um, in that way? I would like to sit here and say Hollywood or TV, but that, that wasn't it. Um, mm. I think for me, you know, you always have these subliminal messages when you grow up, isn't it? That, you know, a family, career, successful, grounded, happy, stable. Mm. Those are the things in which are kind of always sort of drummed into your head and... You know, I grew up in a family whereby, you know, my dad passed when I was five and four months. So I never grew up with the the knowledge of what it's like to live in a family home. Yeah. So, you know, mum, four daughters, single parent. Um, Did you feel like your family structure wasn't the structure then? Because I felt like not my there. family wasn't the structure. Mm. But I think what was comforting was the fact that my family structure wasn't the way it was because of choice. Yeah. So when I think about my friends who, you know, they had absent parents, either the mum or the dads, for them not being together, I could see how that has manifested into something different when they've got older. I think for me it was, well, dad passed away. I actually remember the police coming to our door, right. surprisingly so. Wow. Um, I remember that. Five, five, five and four months? Yeah, five and four months. I, I remember that like it was yesterday. Um, and I remember subsequently family, friends coming round and my mum grieving and my sister's heart attack. So my dad passed of a heart attack at the age of 53. Um, so for me, that's the single parent family is the only structure I know. But you know something's missing. I think that's the best way I can describe it. You know something's missing. Sure. Um, and you know that there is a, a presence in which is not teaching you 
I just didn't know what. Mm. Does that make sense? Like yeah. that presence, the feeling, the absence. There's, there's a something missing, but I didn't know what was missing. So for me, and it was it was mad because like I look at my older sisters and they're all quite professional and quite successful. Like I remember, and I think this is where I got it from. So my eldest sister is sixteen years older than me, um, and I remember when I was nine, eight, nine, eight or nine. Her and my second sister, so the sister after her, there's four of us, they went and bought a house together. And I remember thinking, like, oh, yeah, I want to do that. That's wow, great. that's quite early. How old have they been? You and I? So since you're 16 years on top of you. So The eldest sister yeah, would have been yeah. 25, and then the other sister would have been 22, 23. So this is, like, the 90s. So this was, like, 1990s. So, so that in itself is, like, wow. Huge. This yeah. was huge. Two black women yeah. buying property together. And... I always remember going like, I want to be like them. They've got their own house. And I knew that I wanted to be successful, but I knew I didn't want to be successful on my own. Yes. That's the best way I can describe it. And it's really weird. Like when I speak to people, they say like, oh yeah, but did you ever think about getting married? I can honestly sit here and tell you, I have never dreamt of myself in a white dress. Mm. I've never like had that vision of going down the aisle or I want bridesmaids. You know, some people, when you speak to some women, they're like, oh, you've always had this picture yes. of what I'd look like on my wedding day. And I'm, you know, I've always made this kind of job. But did you feel no. companionship? Did you, For me, it was always like companionship. companionship. So then the vision you had of yourself at 40 yeah. was to just be with someone. You weren't necessarily married to that guy. But still part of your family. But so it, your it family was a family structure. unit. I, right. I think regardless of... I wasn't concerned as how that family unit came about or... The, the the way it was constructed, yeah. it just needed to be that family right. unit. And for me, success was, I've got my career, I've got my house, I've got my kids, I've got my partner, whether it's civil partner or married. Right. But I never thought of that whole marriage, no. But you still had the vision of the house, the car, the waterfall, the children, the yeah. companion, the job. That was still something. And I mean, in, in lots of societies, you don't have to be married to present no. in, in a union. You know, that's believed in, is it? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And I think looking at it as we're talking now, it was more of the feeling that that family brought as opposed to the marriage itself. Yes. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So it was, it was irrelevant. Even till today, it's irrelevant whether I get married or not. Right. It's completely irrelevant. And really, if we look at it, you weren't thinking about these things by 40. You were thinking it before 40. Oh, God, yeah. Like yeah? I, I, I like... I sit here and I can categorically say to you, I had it mapped out like I was going to qualify when I was 25 because I knew I'd always wanted to be a lawyer. That was from when I was little. And that was from watching my dad watch Rumpole the Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like LA Law, you know, with Amanda Donahue with the big swords oh, and you know, shoulder Law. pads and Blair Underwood. And, you know, it was power. You know, when you watched yeah, LA Law, it was like, yeah, I yeah. want to be like that. But what's frustrating now is that when I talk to people and they've not seen me for a long time and then they ask me, what have you been up to? And I'm like, yeah, you know, this is what I do. You know, have you got kids? Are you married? I'm like, no. And they're like, yeah, but you've always been career-driven. No. Mm. If you don't know me, you would think that from the outside. But success to me has never been just the career. Never has been. Success in my head, at in my teens, was career, family, kids. So the package was success. Right. Anything out of that wasn't success. Sure. And to some extent, I struggle with that now. Failure or tea? I'm interested in where you think that definition of success for yourself came from. Where 
you got this image of this house, the gravel drive and the cars. Where, where do you think that came from? Is something well, you... I think, you know, I'd, I'd be very naive to think that there haven't been subliminal messages that are delivered to you over the course of time, whether it be TV, radio, whatever, music videos, whatever the case may be. Um, so I, would, I wouldn't say that that's not come from that. But I would also see, say in the same respect that that's also come from my own family dynamics. Now, I come from a typical Nigerian family um, in that, you know, women, to be fair, even though, you know, it's encouraged that women are educated, there still is that thing that, mm, well, you know, you shouldn't really be surpassing the man. I come from that era still. Yeah. Yeah. So even though, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm a lawyer and, I'm, and I would like to think I'm quite successful in what I do, there still is that thing that, mm, well, you know, the man's still the man of the household. So, you yep. know, it's it, there's still that social social yeah. con- construct. And if you if you marry that with what my parents would want for their children, with how I was brought up in the Western world, you can see there is going to be an element of, of friction between those two. Because what the Western world and what the UK is telling me is okay... And from what a typical Nigerian Yoruba family is telling me, okay, it's very different. Hmm. So, you know, it's, yes, I could say there were subliminal media messages. Yes, it's a product of my environment. When you grow up in a household where there is no male, you know, there's no male presence, then, you know, some people say, yeah, well, she's got daddy issues, of course. Well, if there's no dad present, or even if there is a dad present, but he's not, you know, mm. of substance, of course you can have daddy issues, that's obvious. Mm. So, of course, I'm going to be looking for a level of comfort and stability, which I didn't have growing up. But that's not to say that that dictated. I don't think that alone itself dictated my I, I want for or what I call success. But I knew what, maybe indirectly, I knew what it was like to grow up without a father figure around. And I didn't want that for my children. And I still don't want that for my children. Right. That's not, that's not the um, desired end goal. But as we know, life and times, the proverbial happens. Mm. So what is your journey? I went to college at the time I was meant to. Mm. I went to uni at the time. I graduated from uni at 21. So everything was done when it was meant to be done. Even then... <laughs> graduate or get in the job didn't come without his pitfalls so in my head it was right okay well I'm going to graduate at 21 I'll get a training contract because that's what you need to do to become a lawyer in the UK I'm going to get a training contract and I was going to be qualified by what 25 and then I was going to practice for five years and then sit down and then you know find somebody someone would just drop out the sky find somebody have some children and bish bash bosh you're done isn't it and then you've got your picture and then I've got my picture at, and then I have my picture in the living room at 40 however graduated from uni didn't get the result that I wanted so now I've pushed now that's pushed back so now my timetable is being pushed back so then had to go back to uni to do a master's to compensate for the grade I didn't get as my undergrad so that's pushed back time now isn't it so now I'm like I can't deal with you know, children and those sorts of things. Not, so not. Scotty, but you did say just now that you did certain things when it was meant to be done. Yes, yeah, so I did uni when it was meant so to be done. So when you say meant to be done... Not meant to be. I know what you mean. Because you've done the time-wise. And the yeah, way you would, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But where did that come from in terms of saying, this is the right time, this is the time this should have been done? What, what dictated that? Uh, I would I, say I, society... The schooling system? The schooling system. Did, it was... 
it was this for me the schooling system dictated that and like I said in my head I'm like right okay those things should happen at 30 so if I go to 30 and back mm-hmm. then I need to do this at a certain time right. so like I said you know growing up when you you know you had sisters that had mortgages at 22 and 25 right. so how am I going to get a mortgage at 25 if I ain't graduated uni at 21 yeah and so the bar's how, been set and you're the just... bar's been set like the bar was set it was <laughs> like I need to do this because Need to get that house at 25, isn't it? Right. And it's really weird. You know, for me, the buying of the house was never with somebody. I always had it in my head that the buying of the house would be me buying a house. Which, when I think about it now, doesn't make sense if I'm looking at that whole picture, right. isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, but you've seen your sisters, so they've become part sisters, of the vision. And I'm like, yep, okay, well, I'm going to get my house at 25, isn't it? So <laughs> then, how did that work with you having to push back your dates and times? You, you've got right. your masters now. Push back my dates and times. That then pushes it back. So I was like, so I finished my masters when I was twenty four, and I'm like, yep, okay, right, I'm ready to go. I was going to get myself a you know a job, a, a decent paying job. I was had some savings, and I was like, right, okay, I'm going to now try and look for a house. Within two months, I was made redundant. Right, okay, here we go. Timeline gets pushed back again right. now. Right. Yeah. So the, the real world. The real world kicks in. The real world yeah, kicks yeah, in, right. and all of this stuff that you've got neatly, like you know, you do like a little, you know, yeah. little timeline. All this stuff that got neatly, like eighteen, this, twenty-one, this, twenty-three, right. this. Did it? That just went completely out the window. Right. So I didn't actually qualify until I was twenty-eight. Now twenty-eight and a half. Now at twenty-eight and a half, I'd already said from when I was eighteen. I should have been at least qualified by about three and a half years now, put some money to the side, you know, should have met the guy, you know, yeah. work, you know, practice for a couple of years, 30, bish, bash, bosh, I've got kids at 30, like right. this is the first one. Right. Well, that ain't going to happen now if I didn't qualify until 28 and a half. So at 28 and a half, you'd now go, okay, I'm qualified. I can now command a certain amount of money. And it was an anticlimax when I qualified. And I think there's been a lot of anticlimaxes within my life in general. In that you set bars... And then when you get there, it's like, okay. Did you set them or did someone, something, they who well, set them? Because well, I no. feel like... No, no, I think we. I have to take responsibility. I set them. Mm-hmm. Nobody set my bars for me. I set my bars. It's dependent upon whether or not I want to follow what society says I should attain. Mm. So I'm not going to sit here and say society set my bars for me because I'd like to think that I'm still have an element of control of where I want to. your destiny. Yeah, exactly. Whether I want to endorse something or not. Fact of the matter is, society was saying certain things and I either jumped on board that or I didn't. And I jumped on board that and then I set my targets. Do you understand? Yeah. So, for me, at like 28 and a half, I remember qualifying and it was, as I said, an anti-climax moment. I was like, oh, yeah, I've qualified. What next? It's like, right, okay. So... Now at 28 and a half, I'm sitting there going, well, I need to buy my house now. So that means I've got to work. So that means the whole timetable gets pushed back again, isn't it? So I'm now looking at, right, okay, I need to save some money. Da, 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 da. Bought my house when I was 30 and a bit. Okay, cool. Get to buy my house. Love the fact that I bought my house. I'm at a point where I'm two, maybe a year and a bit qualified. I'm doing my job and I'm feeling an innate sense to... To, to prove my worth in my job and to prove my worth in my career. Mm. So for the next sort of five, six years, that was me going, oh, I need to really make a name for myself because 
if and when I have children. And it wasn't even if, it was when I have children. If I go off on maternity leave, I want to be able to have a reputation that when I come back, it's kind of easy, easy to slot yes, back yes, in. Yes, yes. So, you know, you, you you start thinking, like, really strategically. Yeah, because you still have this end goal. You're still I still have this end goal. You might have had your dates pushed back and things happen, but yep. you're still focused on getting Correct. to the end. And then I got to 35. And then the big realisation hit at 35. That was, a, yeah, th- turning 35 was a big big monumental moment for me I remember it like it was yesterday and what about that age made you think okay this is 35 was heartbreaking what happened 35 was heartbreaking um life is not easy 35 was heartbreaking um because I had come out of a relationship prior to that and I genuinely believed that relationship was it like I was certain that this was it and I had betted that yes this is it and then to get to 35 and you've you've worked so hard in your career and in your you know your you know your education and your you know um you know wanted to buy a house and etc it was heartbreaking because it made me realize that I don't control my destiny. Mm. That was the most upsetting point about it, was you don't realise how much... If I think about it, I am that person that goes, okay, if you don't want to give it to me now, I'm going to get it anyway. Whether it takes two years, ten years or whatever, my mind is switched to that. So to be now in a position where there's only one thing missing... And I have no control over that. Hmm. That's heartbreaking. Out of my picture, if you want to say out of my out of my jigsaw, imagine you've got a jigsaw puzzle and you've just got it's that the one only puzzle piece missing. missing. And I think what maybe we didn't like, explore, because we kind of tracked your timeline of your career, but mm. what we didn't talk about, you know, alongside that parallel, alongside yeah. that was what was going on in your in your in your your relationship life, yeah. almost. What because yeah. that must have been going on because you're still a growing woman. You're sort of you've gone from you know in uni, you know, yeah. you're in your twenties, you know, you're beautiful. So Thank of you. course uh, we know you were sought after. <laughs> we <laughs> so know about that. now the knees are creaking. Now. And I think yeah. we've got to the end of it, and then we've heard. Oh, actually, there was a relationship, a really strong relationship yeah. there. And I think it, it might be nice to maybe kind of discuss a little bit of that and how how that's developed you. And I I think I think I can answer that easily in that um I made the I made the grave mistake and it is a mistake but it's not one I regret I made the grave mistake of thinking that finding somebody is easy so I don't need to focus on that sure that that's just gonna come naturally Mm. so like relationships need investment yeah and like you, you know when I think about it when you think about people in general, you will put time and effort and you'll do like a, a timetable, a timeline of, I want to become this, so it means I've got to do this, 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 and this, and this. And you can actually map out, you know, I want to buy a house, I want to get a house in Alpington, right, okay, so I want to get that kind of house, it's a million, so I need to buy this house in this area, and then, I, you know, I swap that house again in five years and change hands again, and I'll get to that house, whether it be in Alpington or Blackheath, or whatever the case may right, be. Yeah. So you make a concerted... 
you know, like yeah. plan of action. I didn't do that plan of action in my personal life. And that was the other thing as well. But why do you think that, though? Why do you think that you didn't... And why do you think you need to? Put that? You didn't. I did, well, I felt that I didn't need to because I genuinely thought that was just going to happen. Because I'm human and it's like, yeah. I'm not saying I'm, you know, Halle Berry, but I know I don't have a tree stump going out yeah. on my forehead. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, but I think also... You kind of have to remember that in comparison to everything else you've talked about in terms mm. of getting a house, getting a, a law degree, mm. becoming a lawyer, those things aren't as simple to get as you would imagine because exactly. you look at everyone in the world and people are partnered up. It happens every day. People yeah. are in relationships. They leave relationships. Yeah. People have kids. They get married. Like These things seem to happen really easily in comparison to some of the other things that we're all aspiring to yeah. so because they seem so easy to do yeah because you, you, you not... and I think what it is is that when you see you know you always see things through like rose tinted glasses sure. isn't it and you always yeah. see the green side and you you know you see your friends and family members and they've got that they've yeah. got that picture but you don't know what's What's behind it? Yeah, and they don't always good. share and they don't always share yeah. whatever they've gone through to get that yeah. and I just and I think you know when you and as I said, you know, from the age of 18, that was my goal. And it's only when I got to 35 and went, like, sugar, 35. Wow. Mm. Time's ticking. And it was only until I got to 35 that I realised my own, my own, my own biological clock. Because mm. I, I wasn't paying attention. I, I really need to be impressed. Like, up until 35... I was like, yeah, whatever, it's going to happen, it's cool, yeah. it's going to happen. And then... And why wouldn't it? It's happening to I'm, everyone around and me. And why wouldn't My it? My friends are in relationships. Exactly. I meet guys all the time. Totally. Exactly. Like, why wouldn't it happen? Why wouldn't it happen? But then I, rem- I remember going out in that year and I just remember my recovery time from clubbing oh, was like twice as long. Oh, as, you know, it, it was like just a complete, like... You know, you know, flip of the switch in my head. I was like, I'm tired now, mm. and it's it was tiring. And I think, you know, that as I said, when I got to 35, and I, I you know, I I remember being in. So I've done counselling. I've been in cognitive behavioural therapy, and that was probably the best thing I could have done. And why was that? Why did you? So that was after a quite an emotional breakup, and that taught me, if anything, my CBT. And wherever my therapist is, I love him to bits. Like, he was just amazing. Um, I think that what the CBT taught me was I put so much emphasis on that picture. Yes. Without realising I'd put so much emphasis on that picture. So when, you know, my ex and I broke up, it genuinely felt like somebody had... Mm. The best way I can describe it is somebody pulled the rug underneath you right. and you all you like your hopes dreams aspirations all came cascading down but then through therapy I realized that I was putting number one a lot of pressure on myself and number two a lot of pressure on somebody else to give me that feeling mm. of happiness and that's the one thing that I learned from that is you can't put so much on a symbol and that's what it was. Was it was a symbol? Yeah. I'm looking at something and going, right. That is what I think is happiness. And the fact that I've given somebody else, or I'm relying <laughs> upon somebody else to give that to me, yeah. 
of course I'm setting myself up for failure or disappoint not failure but disappointment because if I'm now relying upon somebody else to give me that feeling of of completeness right everybody's a human being but we are told by we people are told. who are in couples yeah that that's my other half yeah and he completes me yep. so you assume are one. that actually yes. this is what I should be aiming for yeah that reciprocated love yeah so until you're in that situation, you don't realise how vulnerable you've made yourself to having to expect that from someone. It is. And it's, it's the difficult. most natural thing to it do, It is. I and I think, I think where I am now, instead of, like, I was real upset with myself, like, how did I get myself here? Why am I in therapy? Because, again, you go through life thinking, remember, I was, up until that point, I was the master of all I survey. I was in control. Like, if I want to go and get a degree, I'm going to do it. If I want to qualify, I'm going to do it. Might not happen tomorrow, but gonna I'm going to do it. And it's going to happen because right. I'm going to make it happen. But the only thing that I, you can't control is other people. That's right. And you can't control how other people react, react to you. And, you know, I've gone through a massive transition over the past sort of three to five years from when I turned 35 to, you know, I'm going to be 39 this year. 40 next year and I'm learning and it's not easy but I'm learning to start crossing off those tick boxes because there's no such thing as a tick box you know and if anything I've learned over the years that that I've had like I said I've had so many anti-climaxes so that's made me question when I said I wanted these things, so I'm looking at Malika and going, Malika, when you said you wanted these things, you put these things in, like, I need to do this by this, this and this date. Did you really want it? Mm. Because you're here now. And you've, you've got it, and how do you feel now that you've got it? Yeah, like, are you, like, jumping for joy? Yay! Right. And that has made me have to reevaluate what makes me happy. And what I'm trying to do is trying to work out what makes Malika happy mm. as opposed to oh I see Shelly she looks happy so I want to be happy like Shelly or Winnie's doing this I want to be happy like Winnie mm. I don't want to go into that rhetoric of I want to be happy like she is or like he is I need to work out what actually innately makes Malika yeah because I guess initially you thought that picture that 40 was going to make you happy and now that you realise that perhaps that picture isn't as simple as you initially thought it was. Mm. And it may not be your picture. And it may not be my picture, number one. And number two, remember, it's just a picture. I wasn't actually sitting there thinking, well, because let's, I will be frank, if I really wanted that picture, remember it's the picture, really wanted that picture, that could have happened at any point between... When I was when I started menstruating <laughs> up until I am now, <laughs> you know, let's keep it real. You know, I could have had that picture, you know, in many different ways, but something is preventing me from doing whatever it takes to get that. Sure, and I don't know what that is. I'll be very honest and candid with you. I cannot sit here and tell you I know what that is. But something is preventing me from doing whatever it takes, possibly to the detriment of myself, in getting that picture. Mm. Because the reality is I could get that picture. Sure. It's not, sure. do you know what I mean? It's not like yeah. I could have I could have been with somebody and married somebody. I may not be happy with them, 
but I've got the house and the gravel and the two kids right. and, and the park. So did you have candy. a checklist for your relationship also? Oh, standard, yeah. <laughs> you know. That's probably the reason why I'm single now. It's like, yeah, like, like, this is way too long, way too long. Yeah. Um, you know, just like, you know, just just like you have with most things, you have like a sort of idea of your ideal person. Um, and you have an idea of your ideal job and you have an idea of your ideal house. I mean, I love where I live now. Home is home. But is that my ideal house? I think my one sort of, the one sort of thing that I live with is, and I, I ask myself, does it make you feel good in your soul? Because if it makes you feel good in your soul, then you know you're on the right track. And I think a lot of people haven't identified that feeling. And I think that's exactly a, what you were talking about earlier, about an, knowing it. It's a no, it's, you know it. It's, does it sit well? And I think that's it. Does it sit well with my soul? Failure at 40. You spoke earlier about programming. Well, you didn't so much say, but I think that's what I took from it, is sometimes people forget how programmed they've been. Oh God, so like you say, you look at that girl over there, she looks happy, she looks happy with that guy, and he looks happy with her, and she's just like this, and she looks like that. And maybe if I was like that, then maybe I'd also obtain to that same happiness, and you realise, well, I've got those things now, and I don't feel happy. What you spoke about, anti-climax. And that's truly because you don't know what makes you happy, because you've been programmed from so young, that this is what happiness this is what means. You this is what success means. And, you know, I, I remember speaking to somebody, you know, over the new year and, you know, she was like, oh, she's not seen me for a while. And she was like, oh, it's so good to see you. And, you know, she's like, oh, you know, have you, you know, what's been happening with you? She said, you still, you still have music? Well, I'm like, yeah, you know, and I'm doing this and that and da, 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 da. And she, um, she had heard that I had won an award. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's the award? That you it won? was for champion, championing. Can't say the word. Um, diversity moving in-house legal teams. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. I, mean, I was nominated for that in November, and 2019 was actually the point where two things happened in 2019, which made me go, "Okay, I really need to sit down and look at look at what I'm doing to myself." Remind me of that because I'll touch back on that. Mm-hmm. So she had asked me, you know, how things go, and I would have told her, and she said, oh, "You know what? You're just so lucky that you get to travel. You, know, you travel all the time. You know, you, you just got great life." Mm-hmm. And I looked at her and I went, "See, this is what you see, but you don't ask me how are things. How are you? And if you were somebody was to ask me the question, how are you? Then you'll know the answer." But this is what you see, and it's not because I don't want to talk to you about it, but you're not asking me the right questions. Mm-hmm. So all you see is a woman that goes on holiday two, three times a year, sometimes even six if I can, you know, try to work it out in the back <laughs> holiday. Even six if I can. All you see is a person that goes on holiday quite often, has a good time. On the outside, everything's going great for her. But, she's working towards that picture. But Yeah, yeah she's working towards that picture. But what you don't see is when she comes home, and she's got a house, and she's in that house by herself. And she's wrestling with the idea that she's now got to come home to a house by herself. Yes, yes. That's the part you don't see. But I wonder if people don't want to know that truth. They and want I don't to think, stay with yeah, the vision of and they're, they're, what they perceive it to be. Yeah, and they're happy with that vision because then they look at my vision and go, oh, that's something to aspire to. Right. But that's why I will always say to people, never... Never say to yourself, oh, I'd like to be like such and such. Because you have to be careful what you wish for. 
because I can say, I would like to be like Whitney. But I don't know what you've been through. So there may be parts of your life that I couldn't deal with. But I don't think people care. Yeah. All they see is the end product and know that that's what they and want. that's what they want. So but however you've got it is neither here nor there. I just want that end product. No, but they're seeing the end product which you have shown. Mm. It's the worst they're not showing... No, no, no. So that's, that's what I'm saying. You're saying they just want to see the end product. But remember, we always give people the edited version of our lives. So that's I only thing. see an edited version mm. of your life and your life. Mm. So for me to say now... Oh, I would love to have what Winnie has. You have to be careful what you speak into the into the, into, into the universe. This is where I will go on to my second point in that 2019 was a monumental year for me in terms of singing and acknowledging my achievements. Amazing. And not just achievements. So in the April, um, I was featured on the 100 Alternative Music Power List. Wow. Amazing. And then in the November, I won the Legal Diversity Awards at the um, UK Legal Diversity Awards. Um, two things happened. And it wasn't until the November that I really co- cottoned on to this. I sat down with myself and I remember being at home and I remember having the award in my hand. And I remember looking at it and then I got a message from, the, my, I took my colleague with me. She accompanied me to the awards. As I'm looking at the awards, she sent me a message and she said, I'm so proud of you. And you're so inspiring to so many different women. And that made me so tearful. And the reason why that made me so tearful was simply because of the fact that I've been so hard on myself. Mm. I've been so, so hard on myself. I looked at myself and gone... I haven't achieved this. I don't have the kid. I don't have the partner. I don't have the house with the gravel. I've got a house, but not with the gravel. And the waterfall. And I don't have the waterfall. <laughs> you know, the little boy or the little, you know, that little creepy, the, yeah, the, the waterfall. I don't, I don't have that. But and you have I'm, so much. But I have so much. Yeah. And there are so many people that I've come across and I don't actually realise the impact I'm having on them. You know, I mentor a lot of people and I speak to a lot of young people that want to get into music and they come, they were like, can I come and see you for an hour? Sure, over lunchtime, come and see me and we'll talk. Even just today, I I met a young lady and she was like, you don't realise how inspiring you are. And I don't. And that's not, and I'm not blowing, I really wanted to make it clear, I'm not blowing my own horn and saying I'm the greatest thing. And why not though? But why not? But I think for me, it's, I don't, just because I haven't got something here doesn't mean that I'm, that I'm not successful. And I think for me, if I can change one person's perception on something, my purpose on this planet is done. Now, I've identified that I need, to, I need to stop and have a moment and just be happy with where I am now. For God's sakes, I've got my health. Mm. we're getting to I'm getting to an age where like I know someone I went to school with died of cancer that's someone who was like 37 that's insane Mm. you know as I'm getting older people's parents are passing people's parents who I grew up with they're passing you know different things are happening and it's it's only when those things start to manifest more where you go you know what I really need to just be thankful and bless that I see another day 
that's success in itself, especially in times where, you know, so much is going on, you know, and we all seem to think that we're immortal and that we'll live forever. And, yeah. you know, I mean, look at, look at Kobe Bryant. I mean, like, sure. for the love of God, he's a 41-year-old man and his 13-year-old has gone with him. Yes. You couldn't you couldn't predict that even if you tried. And, and he's even not for six, him yeah. to have achieved everything he's achieved. I'm pretty sure that he probably got to 41 and thought What yeah, next? Well he was still striving. That might be the way that I define my my legacy or exactly. the stuff that's still to come. So he could have left feeling like he wasn't fulfilled because we I feel like and never quite satisfied with how we're, we're human beings. We never, we're never, there's not many people I come across who are genuinely, and I mean genuinely, satisfied with their lot. That's a difficult place to it get is, to. And it's really sad. But I think actually. we're sold so much things that tell us that we can't be satisfied. Mm. That you must strive to live You don't like have this. that, then, you know, you what must type have of life that. you're living you in. You should you know, see this. You're, you're living a sub sort of standard, live, not sub standard, right. but or you can not do better. Scratch, but, 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 you can but, but, do better. I think that's how we're sold things by yeah. being feeling like we're without. Buy this and you'll be happy, you know? And it's not the truth, you know? But quite often people buy into that. You know, and feel like, okay, I need just one more thing to make this right. I need to just another thing. And, and I think that's why we started to think about Fade at 40 and how we challenge some of these notions. Yeah. Things that we're sold, things that we are selling ourselves, actually, you know? That yeah, we, aren't exactly we sell ourselves a lot of things. And I think, you know, we do ourselves a disservice. And I don't necessarily think that this is a female thing. I think this is a, this is a, a first world thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, even... Even yeah, world, it's yeah, the first yeah. world thing, yeah. and, and you know mm-hmm. that I know. You know, I have many guy friends of mine who, you know, they're forty plus, yes. and they they're not married or they don't have kids or they're not where they want to be in their careers, sure. and they feel that they can't. They feel like I've got a friend of mine who feels that he can't find the type of woman he would want until he gets himself so sorted in his career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which is not necessarily true at all, and that's it? not necessarily true at all, but. You know, as a man, they will set themselves certain bars where they feel that they need to attain that to be able to be a man in society. Mm. And that's not just a man in a relationship, but in society. And I think we women, we set ourselves those same bars yeah. before we feel like, OK, I'm, I'm, I'm a woman. And, and, you know, and, you know, you hear of so many things in that. You know, there, I remember reading in the paper the other day, you've got, um, there was a group of women where they've set up a movement where they're just happy to be housewives and they don't they don't want to, they're not interested in careers and, mm. you know, they're just happy to serve. And, and, and be kept. And be kept and serve their husbands. Yes. And, da, da, da. and I read it and I had, I had a lot of respect for them because if that's what you, if that's what makes you happy, mm. then who am I to say, well, hold on a minute, you're setting back the women's movement by 50 years. Like, well, they're true to themselves for one. That's Be what they want to do. Yourself. That's Be what they want to yourself. do. If you... And also, I feel like they dared, or perhaps not in the case of housewives, but they dared to go against what we were told the grain. to make us happy. Against and yeah. they actually ventured out to seek a path for themselves. Yeah. Why they were conventional. But they've searched, they've done that searching and realised, no, actually staying at home is what's going to make me happy. Right. Not being a vice president in a company or... Or, or being a mum to 10 kids. Like, I yeah. actually just want to serve my husband. And why wouldn't you if that's what's in you? If why wouldn't you just do, do that? that? Exactly. And I, I mean, mean, we also get judged by each other a lot, yeah. don't we? So even though you've decided that you might want to be a housewife, I'll go, well, no. 
Exactly. Yeah. We're like, you don't why would you want to do that? Yeah, you're right. This is we don't even allow each other. No, we don't. Country. Because we because we're we're programmed and we you've got to stay in this circle. You need to be programmed too. And if well, you do if something, I can't make that decision, then you can't either. <laughs> <laughs> so, exactly. Don't, don't, don't go book in the boat now. <laughs> exactly. But I I think you know it's. I mean, that's how I feel. I mean, you. I don't want to necessarily say your ages, but you know, how yeah. do you feel about where you are at? Where you're at now? Well, this is why. So, so I've recently turned forty. Well, not recently, last year. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh! If doing, I mean, it's barely six months. <laughs> <laughs> Still hold on to it, but I think the reason why this uh, podcast was so important and why we were so passionate about it is because we were looking at our own expectations at turning forty, mm. what we were happy with, not happy with, and then listening to a lot of our peers and those around us, the mm. things that they were pressures they were putting on themselves. We were like, but, but why? Actually, this person's done amazing stuff. You know, and they're very successful in so many different ways. Mm. You know, we've got people beating cancer. We've got people who are vice presidents. We've got people who are property millionaires, but still they just don't seem to be happy or, or satisfied. Actually, there's mm. still something that says this is not enough. But actually, they've done so much. Mm. And we wondered, okay, is it about the age? What factor yeah. is 40 playing this all? I think there's something about life supposedly beginning at 40 that instills an extra level of of anxiety in anyone who's about to turn 40 mm. because you have all your expectations of what 40 should look like and on that journey to being 40 you now have this little window where you have the opportunity to try and make it happen even though for whatever reason over the last 10 years it hasn't you I guess are looking back in regret and feeling mm. well you're in your feelings about why you haven't met all those things and so it makes the whole I guess, road to 40 a lot more disappointing than it actually should be. And it's such a shame because, mm. I mean, Kobe Bryant's died at 40. Well, not everyone makes it to 40. And to right. approach 40 with such disappointment because you haven't met an image that you, for the last 10 years, have held on to and decided that's success mm. is, I think, mentally damaging for everyone in their late 30s. And, and the other thing is it's, it's really limiting our lives to... This really I also boring. Think, I think also what it does as well is that because if I if I'm honest with myself, what it does is that it makes you consider things that if you were twenty five you wouldn't consider. Indeed, of course. I think yeah, quite easily. You start, yeah, you you start. You're considering men you would have never looked at. Yeah, you right? start looking at things. Sorts. You start agreeing and doing things where you go. If I was 30, I wouldn't do that. So why am I doing that now at the age of 38, 39? Or you start to consider things which you would never consider yeah. because you've got this, this the, you know, the sands of the hourglass. I think the, bi- I think the biological And there's a level of desperation. There's a lot in it. The biological clock, I think, especially yeah. for women, you know, we start considering things, doing things, looking at things, thinking about, you know, some of the pressures that are put on us because of that clock. So when we think about time is ticking, it's mm. not just about mortality. It's about, you know, being able to have kids. As yeah, well, it is. And, uh, because you know, having kids also, it's not just about having kids for having kids, but you know, we women, we obviously, you know, we think past that. It's like, right, okay, if I have kids, that means I can't, my career then stops for a little bit, or I've got to do this. Right. It then impacts, you know, men having kids is, is always going to be very different from women having kids. You know, when a woman has has children, she's now got to think about, because I've sat down and thought, right, okay, if I have kids at this age, that means I go on maternity leave, that means my career halts for two years. 
That's a real life conversation I've had in my head. But not only does your career halt for two years, your finances also suffer in that time and therefore your lifestyle suffers in that time. Right, exactly. So the things that you want or aspire to are also on delay for the next two years. Do you see what I mean? So it's not not just the kids itself. There's so many things in which we as women go, right, okay, we want to have children by a certain age because it has, it's like, it's, it's like octopus legs, isn't it? It touches everything else. Right. So when you have children at a certain age, it's like, right, okay, so that means I can't do that for a period of time. I can't get that for a period of time. Or that means I have to accelerate that for a period of time and I have to accelerate that from one action. So that's why it's such a, you know, the biological clock is such a massive issue for us because it has a domino effect on so many other things. Easily. Easily has a domino yeah. effect, you know, and it's, like I said, you know, you... You know, you you start to think of various different things, you know, in that, like, it's, you get to a certain age and like, right, okay, I've not done this, I've not done that, okay, let me, let me consider adoption or let me consider um, a surrogate or let me consider a donor and you wouldn't consider these things if somebody told you, well, you know what, your eggs are cool for the next five, ten years. What? You wouldn't. But because now, you know, that biological clock is ticking, you sometimes make mistakes in which, or you make decisions which potentially you could regret making. Hmm. Well, decisions that... I'm not saying always, but you could potentially regret. You're making them based on, oh my God, oh my God, this is going. And and decisions that might have nothing whatsoever to do with you. Your egg preserve might be going for another 10 years, but you're making a decision based on what society has told you is your cut-off date. Exactly. And that's... Well, that's what we discussed earlier about doing everything on time. I did yeah. everything when I was supposed to. Right. <clears throat> but really, there is no time you're supposed There's to. There's no your time you know? um, and but, but that biological clock is real. Yeah. You know, it is real. And obviously, we just don't know when that reserve dries well, up. Well, luckily, we live that. in a time now where we can have uh, an egg MOT, I think it's called, where mm-hmm. you can go in and check your fertility. Yes, we can. How okay. much longer you have. So I, I think in comparison to the last generation, we, we shouldn't be as harsh on ourselves in terms of how, how little window we have, because hmm. we can actually affect change in that ourselves. You know, and, there's, and, there's, and there is so many other ways in which, you know, if you want to have children, so many other ways in which you can do that. I think we have a, there's a lot less stigma around the various different ways people can have children now. But like I said, it's, you know, even if you say, right, okay, at the age of 45, you want to try IVF or you want to adopt or you want to get a surrogate, again, I don't think it matters how that child comes about. There still is that thing of, well, you're a certain age and you still haven't got certain things. Because I've done it. And I'm going to tell you, I've done it with guys in that I've met guys in the past. And if I meet a guy and he's like 40 something and you're saying to me, I don't live by myself, why not? Yeah. What, what, why? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. What, why don't you live by yourself? And we haven't taken into account the plethora of things he could have gone through in Absolutely. the last year. But I'm um, already going like, yeah. hold on a minute, you're 45 and you ain't got Counting, calculating. I'm calculating. Yeah. Like, so, and in my head, I'm going, what you, what you been sleeping for? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, and I can admit that that's something that, you know, I shouldn't be doing because I'd, I'd hate to think somebody thought that of me and they're looking at me going, hold on a minute, you ain't got... And I've had guys, like, I'm going to be very honest, I've had guys like, what is it you're waiting for? And, you know, some people don't seem to understand that. That in itself is such a loaded and emotional question. You have no idea why this woman does not have children. Sure. And it's not, you know, it's not necessarily by choice. It's by circumstance. 
But, you know, when a man of you know the same age doesn't have children, it's like, okay, so, so what? You just yeah. wait for the next one, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. a brush away thing. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, we we shouldn't necessarily shy away from those conversations. And I'm very open. When people ask me, I'm just like, well, I ain't met the right person yet. And they're like, well, what are you waiting for? I'm like, God's time, isn't it? Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah, definitely. Do, do, do you know what I mean? And it's, it's, yeah. do, 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 do. it's not an easy conversation. And people just always just assume that, if you are, you know, if they look at your life and go, well, she must be career driven. Do you know how much that grates me? Mm. Like the, it, it absolutely grates my soul when people just assume that I've just been career driven from the age of 18. Yeah. And it's not, it's not career driven. It's trying to be stable. I don't look at it as being career driven. It's, I, I look at it as, I'm trying to be a woman out here that can provide a stable home, however like that be. That's what I was Also, I think it's interesting that people don't think you can be both career-driven... And a parent. And a parent, yeah. But, it's, but I also think that's because if they can't see and they know that you don't have children, etc., then they feel like, okay, she must have just been driven to that one thing. Yeah. But actually, they don't know that maybe you've been trying to do both. Exactly. And I, and I can honestly say I've been always... I, it's not like throughout the years I was, you know educating myself buying my house my career that I've just been like sitting at home with a chastity belt hell no that that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't even compute I have had relationships during those years unfortunately they've not worked out for one reason or the other but people just assume that you must have just been concentrating on that and right. not been paying any other human being yeah, any attention. Like batting all these really just, but you just all these suits. Say back. Say you back. just stay back. Stay back. Don't I'm, come back until I'm, I'm working. Stay back. Yeah, don't, I'm working. <laughs> don't come back until I'm 40. Don't <laughs> yeah, because I because I've got that many people yeah. coming to my door that I'm just batting them away, going no, 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 no. Yeah. Don't do the kids too long. You know what I mean? It, it, that's not the case. That is not the case. But I I also think as well that in the UK we're under so much more pressure, mm. and we're under even more immense pressure being in such a cosmopolitan, quick pace city as London. Because sure. I genuinely don't believe. When I think about it, but then again, it's different. When I think about it, if I was living in Lagos or living in Nigeria, would I be on such under such pressure? Well, the odds be different. Well, the odds got... would be different, sure. and I would. To be fair, I think that if I was in Nigeria, I would have been married with kids by the age of thirty. You straight. absolutely would have. Yeah. Straight, but I don't. But then again, it's down to that. It's a different lifestyle, isn't it? It's a different culture. Yeah. It's like. And the pressures over there are a lot different. The pressures are different. Here. The pressures. Whereas I think the pressures here, the pressures in the UK, or let me speak for London, the pressures in London are to make something of yourself. Mm. You you know, we we judge people by what their acquired wealth is or what what you what have you acquired? What have you done? Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You know, mm. the first people like what what is it what you do? do? Yeah. yeah. So and that's where we live in in, in London. And I think in some other countries, like for instance, in in you know in Nigeria, for sure, I'm, I'm not going to speak for the upper echelons of society, but the average person, I think there's more pressure on you to be married with children than there is for you to do something with yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's acceptable as a woman to not necessarily have gone to uni and been a doctor, accountant, lawyer, dentist, 
but you need to have wife and you need to have children. I think the pressure is real. And I've seen it with my cousins, like it's real. And I'm very, very thankful that I've never had that pressure from my mum here. Because again, I would have made decisions which probably I would have regretted at some point. Also, I think singledom in the UK has changed. I think growing up, there used to be a lot more couples around. You know, people would try and peer quite early. And I think that was any background, mm. you know, you, you would see that. Now, I feel like people are much more happy to be on their own. You know, they're much more happy to kind of jump in and out of relationships and, you mm. know, Tinder and things like that kind of promote a lot of mm-hmm, kind of like, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. we can meet people, it can be fluid, this might not work, let's move on to another one. And it's it's mad because even in my own family, you know, I've got people who were married and now are no longer married and they are their 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 thing now is like I need to make a I need to make a success of myself. Right. So it's about right. do you know what I mean? It's even then you've got the people that were married earlier and for whatever reason it's not happened or their marriage is now is maturity and all the kids are older. There still is that thing in the UK or in London where you need to be able to show that you've made a success of yourself. Right, yeah. And that's quantified and qualified by what you do and how much you earn. And you run out of time with that as well. And you run out of time with the car you drive. Yeah. You don't by a certain time, you're not going to get that job, it won't take you on, you're too old. It's still an issue, isn't it? It's still it's still a real issue. You get people who are changing their ages on application forms or whatever just so they can be considered. Yeah. Yeah, so you know. and I don't think I don't think it stops at forty. I think at forty, I mean, you know, the whole you no, know, you know, forty is the new twenty or the new so that's rubbish. I don't I don't endorse that. It's just rubbish. <laughs> it's rubbish. rubbish because you know, at forty, as I'm approaching forty, I'm I'm realizing that yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I can I can try to get down with the kids and try to you know, rave with them at the same level and pace. <laughs> Can't do that anymore. I used to, Shelley will tell you, I used to do a, a mad backbreaker move back in the day. <laughs> can you not do it anymore? I can, you know, but it, take, but it takes some time to come back up. But I was just about to... <laughs> <laughs> it takes some time to come back up. Back like, up. You, know, from the, you know, from the horizontal position I was in, it's like, oh, and you when, hear like When she did that move, I was like, ah, oh, the party's really sorry. <laughs> yes, <laughs> backbreaker moves. Backbreaker moves. They give me more like it's still like you know put some dp on that <laughs> that was a good movie. <laughs> but in the same respect i think there is something there is something beautiful about turning 40 or the prospect like i started this year and my mantra for this year was i am no longer trying to control let me just be in a position where god please give me the strength to be able to handle whatever you fling and throw at me. Hmm. This is the first time in my life I have got no goals. Wow. It's scary. It's absolutely scary. So you're about to turn 40 next year. Yeah. And I have no idea where I'm going to be at 40. Right. I have no idea where I'm going to be in 10 years time. And how does that feel? To be honest, it's shit scary Mm. but in the same respect it's my shoulders feel lighter I I I, and I know it sounds really cliche but I remember and this is why I don't ever go out on New Year's Eve because I always have a a, like hours of reflection because I always like to think about the year gone and the year coming 
And I remember sitting at home and I remember going, I'm not going to do this anymore. I, 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 not even I'm not going to, I can't do this anymore. Because every year I put some things. Questions on yourself. Every year and then I get to the end of the year and I'm like, I've not done this and I've not done that. And all the good things that have happened to me over the years have not actually been things that have happened when I wanted to happen. They have happened when they're meant to happen. Sure. Do you know what I mean? So why do I, why should I put myself in that situation where I go, right, okay, this is where I want to be in by the time I'm 40 and this is where I want to be by the time I'm 48 or 50. Hmm. So if you're asking me where I'm going to be in 10 years time, I've got no idea. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you. If you're asking me where I want to be at 40, I've got no idea. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Because you've already won. Yes. We're at peace, one. And all I ask for is whatever, and I literally say, God, whatever you've got planned for me, just please give me, and I, I, I beg him for this, the strength, the courage to deal with those hurdles as and when they come. That's the only two things I ask for. So I would tell my 30-year-old self, be patient. If it's meant for you, it will come for you. Be patient. And whilst you're being patient, if in the moment, if in the moment, if in the moment. Failure at 40. Well, thank you today. I feel like we've we've heard, we've learned, and I think there's so much things that I agree with that I can see in my own life. Yeah. Um, and it's really nice to hear from someone like yourself who's done so well. Thank you. You know, and as another woman to woman, I'm really proud of you. Oh, yeah, thank you. absolutely. <laughs> Failure at 40. Okay, so as we know, Kobe Bryant recently died. Um, and I think it's been really quite a prominent thing for us in terms of our podcast because of his age, because of his achievements, because what he stood for, and the fact that he possibly was still striving for other things. Mm. And I think that's what some of this is about, isn't it? You know, you can strive at any age and it doesn't stop at 40. And even people who have maybe achieved so much may still be trying to Mm -hmm. achieve even more. And that's quite fine. So part of the quote that we want to pick was, when we are saying that this can cannot be accomplished, this cannot be done, then we are shortchanging ourselves. And I think that's what we kind of really want to look at is the shortchanging we do of ourselves, the pressure we put on ourselves. And actually maybe not acknowledging how great we are. Like you said earlier, Malika, we are enough. Mm. And I think that's something that um, we definitely want to embody in, in this podcast. So we call this um, a Why Us production. And um, if not us who, and if not now when, is what we want to subscribe to and how we want to maintain and grow our podcast. Failure at 40. 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 Failure at 40.